part dos two. Even though we're about to say that again after the yes. intro music. I would like to make it very clear this is part two. <laughs> so if you didn't listen to part one, go back. <laughs> listen and to then part one first. Join us again for this episode. For part two, yeah, it'll make a little bit more sense. We explain it a little bit more, but we are going to dive back into the article of six things that are going to take off, supposedly, in the physical therapy realm. Yeah. I'm very confused. I know, just the way you said it. I, yeah, you know, I just Six advancements it. in physical therapy. Uh, take off, advancements, it's like the same thing, let's just be honest. <laughs> well, we're going to dive into the other half no, of no, no. said list. We're going to advance into the other half. <laughs> All right, so let's go right, advance let's into the second half. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken and Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. And we're back for part two. Part dose. dose. That's as far as my Spanish pretty much goes. I was just surprised the- you even got that. So, on a side note, you know how when um, you would always try to teach me Spanish and I would like totally mess it up and you would make fun of me for it. And I was like, dude, I can barely speak English. And you were like, isn't that your first language? Didn't you grow up speaking English? And I said, yes, that's a problem. And you'd roll your eyes at me. I mean, it all sounds familiar. Yeah. So I can see myself saying that. So I tell patients all the time, uh, they'll be like, oh, you can learn Spanish. I was like, dude, I can barely speak English. Like, <laughs> I've tried to learn Spanish. It doesn't work out. One language at a time, Laura. One and they language all go, at a time. They all look at me like, wait, you speak English? And I'm like, that's the problem, guys. And so like, I You see where I'm coming funny. with this. <laughs> they, they always get a really good kick out of it. I'm just not a language person. I wish I was. I wish it picked it up easily. But I do not. But getting back to the point of today's episode, I thought everybody'd enjoy that little side side note. Um, we are going over the last three topics of this article that Ken had found. Yes. So let's just yes. jump into the first one. Yeah, let's go for it. All right. First one: rehabilitation robotics. So, so reading the little blurb here. Um, they're using the robotics to help with cognitive motor skill therapy and post-surgery rehab. Um, apparently, there's also a robot that's providing speech and physical therapy to a 72-year-old recovering from a stroke. And then they describe it as a child-sized humanoid, and that just kind of gives me Megan vibes. Me- oh, gosh. I saw the previews for that movie. It was creepy. But it's a child-sized humanoid robot that helps yeah, you recover I, from a stroke. I don't like that. I don't at know. It just all. sounds creepy. Honest. I mean, I guess it depends just, how human-like it looks like. Well, not even that. Like, I just feel like you can't take the compassion out of this work. Like, you can't just have an AI do it. Well, speaking of that, that's what it sounds like they're doing. Yeah. So that's why I'm just like, it's weird. It's a weird concept. In the long run, I don't see it going very far on that end. Um, because there's just so much clinical judgment that we have to decide. And I don't think a robot can make some of the judgments because if they go based off of just like books and that kind of stuff, then it'll be interesting. Um, 
And then how do they provide manual stuff? Uh, well, they do more of the exercises. So it'll assist them to know how they're doing it and it'll actually tweak it so that it's difficult enough that they're recovering. Yeah, but or like assist with the recovery progress. Someone post stroke that a lot of times you're doing like gait training and neuro re-ed and you're having to do a lot of like techniques, like for example, tapping with activation or like how does this little robot do it? It's just weird. I'm thinking like Wally, I guess a little bit more where they got no arms, or not Wally, uh, Eve, 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 Eve from Wally. Eve, yeah, from Wally. Yeah, Wally's got arm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking more her. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> well, I mean, it says humanoid, but so I'm thinking it's got arms, legs, the whole does. shebang. <laughs> Think Megan. No, but I mean, you're right. Like, I don't know how does it guard. How does it do the gate training? I, I don't know how it assesses whether or not it's difficult enough because if you leave it up to the patient, some patients don't really push themselves and it's up to nope. us to push them. Yeah. So if the or robot is just receiving... Other patients f- over push it. Or yeah, or they push it too much. So if a robot is the one that's getting feedback from the patient, like, hey, like either bump it up or they're saying it's already too difficult. Like, I don't mind giving the patient like that control but i feel like it helps us being there to be able oh, to yeah. assess the situation and be like okay you look like you're kind of struggling Let, let's take it down a notch or does this look too this looks too easy do you want to try the next step up yeah you think i don't about, think like, a robot will be able to do that as easily been... exactly and think about how many times like for example have you talked to patients and they're like well i just push it all the way into pain because no pain no gain and you're like, no, that's not entirely true. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you have to go over like the proper like, yes, it's normal to be a little sore and like you feel like you have a workout, but it shouldn't actually increase your pain. Um, your symptoms shouldn't go up, all that kind of stuff. It just because, you know, you can stretch deeper and it hurts a lot doesn't mean you should do it. <laughs> um, I kind of just tell them like it's normal so. to feel I mean, like we're poking things that shouldn't be poked. Yeah. Moving things that don't you don't really want to move. So it's not going to be the most comfortable process, but like there is a limit to how much pain you should be in. Yeah, like we'll, we'll talk about like the difference between soreness and actual pain. Like, hey, I just got a good workout feeling versus like, ouch, this legit hurts and I don't want to do it anymore because it hurts. Like um, kind of that concept with patients or like, yeah, the very first day we're getting things moving. You can be a little more sore, but again, it should be. Not so much pain, pain as like, oh, I just went from, you know, a three to I spiked all the way up to like a 10. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, They do also mention that it's supposed to free up the therapist from other patients. So what if you're still available and you have like three robot assistants? assisting your patients would you be more okay with that that or do you just think that robots don't really belong there well i mean that's the whole thing like they're trying to uh, i mean see that's the hard part like i feel like they're trying to replace the need for as many therapists yeah well it's just cheaper technically in the long run right so it's like why would they why are they gonna hire tech when you can have a robot do it for you 
But at that and point, then like too, what about supervision rules? Like that changes. Like we can't supervise techs. Can we supervise a robot? Supervise a robot. Well, and the thing is too is I'm like, will billing? Will you get reimbursed for a robot? See, this is like Medicare won't reimburse. <laughs> we barely get reimbursed for Medicare being a PTA. <laughs> if, the de- <laughs> if the robot True. gets more if reimbursement than me, I'm pissed. Would, yeah, that would be very upsetting. And the thing is, is like, like how do we get then full reimbursement? How do we define ourselves as skilled in a way too? Like it's a skilled therapy, and yet we're gonna let a robot do it. I don't know. There's just like a lot of different things now. Like going back to the topic itself, like rehabilitation with robotics. That doesn't mean all of them are necessarily like these AI units coming in. A lot of them you start to see that assist with just like mobility um prosthetics that are becoming a little bit smarter in technology and i do think we're going to see a boost in that just because technology has grown in general i don't know if we'll see a boost really this year take off because i still think we're having supply chain issues in a lot of the technology aspects again kind of just knowing that area and having a husband who works in it there's still a lot of issues with technology technology that they haven't recovered from from the pandemic yet still so i think if anything we'd see maybe a boost of that take off probably next year but i think we're going to start to see it slowly trickle and increase um on some of the newer technology that is out there and is available and has been proven now too. I think a lot of that stuff also started to be proven. And so it's going to get covered. So. Oh, that was my two cents on the other stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. The, the prosthetics for sure. I think we'll definitely make, we'll see that sooner rather than later, especially with the, compared to the robots doing the treatment instead of us. I feel like that will come first. But I, I mean, I wouldn't that. doubt I that because a- of the supply chain and all the the supply shortages, it's going to take a little longer than maybe this year. But maybe we'll see some working model. I mean, we didn't go to CSM and CSM might have had some prototype stuff out that we I'm didn't get a chance to see. Go. But maybe didn't next work. year we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the next one. All right. Um, number five. Um, I think this one's more from a opening a PT practice perspective. Maybe. But it's PT practice management software. So it's like an all-inclusive software that does your daily work, your billing, communications, EMR, telehealth, everything including in just one. It's supposed to even go down to the scheduling, the billing, the documentation. It'll take care of everything for you. Yeah. It's supposed to increase your efficiency, monitoring. productivity, lower burnout rates. Um, I think the and, big thing is, yeah. I can see this. I, I can see it for smaller businesses. I think some of the larger businesses, you won't see this as much takeover because they're kind of set in contracts a little bit. Um, and they're usually set in their way with like having it a little bit more divided up because of the fact of how large they are. I don't know if this type of capacity would be the best for it. Um, but I definitely see this taking off. And honestly, we started seeing this a little bit last year. Um, with coding becoming more popular just in general and um, becoming more available. You have, for example, we worked with a company who had a PT who they 
built their own software for an EMR system. And they were trying to be, make it become that all-in-one um, place to go. Um, and I think there's definitely some benefits to it, and the, but there's also some downfalls of it. Um, there's a lot of little quirks that they got to figure out. There's a lot of, like, if anything, what we might see is some just not getting approved for, like, Medicare and that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, that's what I was going to say. I feel like no yeah. system is perfect. It's going to have its little... Yeah. Yeah. things here and there and it's not going to be for everybody so even if they have this system where it's where like or the software that's really nice it does everything but maybe it's not as user-friendly maybe it's not as visually mm-hmm. appealing like there's always something that just doesn't really hit the mark for everybody yeah and let's be but, honest like how many softwares have you used and your clinic is not honestly using all the like benefits or the little special oh yeah right. that they have like to actually like, we have you're this, like, oh, this to help so you with easier. this like oh perfect and then we never touch it yeah or like you're like why did i know about this feature earlier there are some that are very useful yeah but i don't know to have an all-inclusive would be nice um i think it would definitely streamline the process a lot more but like you said i don't know if the bigger companies would do it if the bigger companies would get on board, then I feel like it would definitely trickle down to the smaller ones versus mm-hmm. the other way around. Like if it's the smaller ones and the bigger ones might never even do it. But there's definitely yeah. potential. I think it definitely can help with either communications between different locations or between the therapists. It definitely has potential. No, I I agree a hundred on that. Um and again, you know, there's this has kind of been oh, some places have been working on this for a while. And so we might start to just see the fact that this is actually moving forward and like starting to get approved and kind of in the final work. So that's why it might just take off a little bit more. Um, I would say the biggest like thing that I can think of is a lot of those, again, are being run off of their own software. So usually changes do turn around a little bit quicker. Because some um, EMR systems, they buy the software and then they, from a person, like a company, and then the company will slowly tweak things for them. Um, so, like, they don't have full ownership of the actual coding. Um, but we're seeing that kind of change a little bit. So, I'm a little excited for that because I feel like it's going to be a little bit more um, adaptable as just times in general change with coding and what's required and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's the one nice benefit of it. Kenny made me yawn. Ken yawned. He's no, I am a sympathetic yawn. <laughs> I wasn't trying to. You looked me in the I eyes. Like <laughs> I was, it was more of a, I wonder if you're also going to yawn moment. I did. It's cruel. <laughs> but all right. yeah. Let's go on to the next one. The uh, last one. The last one. Uh, 3D movement imaging. Um, so a little quip here from the beginning. So therapists will use the 3D technology to assess the patient's body while making movements or bearing weight. So it's supposed to help identify the causes of pain and the mobility restrictions. Mm-hmm. I think this is... I think this could be useful in a objective kind of way. You can actually like yeah. monitor a patient, how well they're doing. Cause I'm um, kind of reading through it. It 
creates a program for them as well. So this reminds me a lot when I was at physical, they had that half dome thing that I was mentioning in the last episode mm-hmm. where it's like that virtual reality thing, but they also use it to assess a patient's balance. So there'll be like six different conditions that they'll have to do. Um, The floor will move. The floor will like pull underneath them backwards, forwards to kind of test their reflexes and their um, fall prevention strategies, kind of weight shift and see how far they can go outside the base of support and how much control they have. If they touch the edges, it's considered a fall. Um, But what I really liked about it was that it gave you an objective measure that you can track and different like, different kind of metrics as well. So I feel like mm-hmm. this 3D movement imaging kind of reminds me of the same kind of technology that they were using there. It's just a matter of how efficient is it? How accessible is it? Because I mean, technology like this costs a pretty penny, so it's not going to be readily available for a lot of places. Yeah. If you're smaller, it's going to be like a smaller clinic. It's definitely going to be a little bit more of a hefty price tag. Um, I've, heard of this a little bit i've heard of it just in general um there's a couple places out here that actually do 3d imaging and the whole benefit behind it how they pitched it was and it's honestly it's a cool concept is you know usually when you get an mri done or you get um an x-ray done you're saying very still and it's in that one position a lot of times like for example an mri you're just laying on your back and that's the position you get. But most of the time, patients' pain come with movement. And so now the theory is that you um, get the movement and you can actually see where the pain points are kind of happening and what's happening during those pain points. Um, so that's, like it's, fi- it's providing that, like yeah. feedback to where the pain is. You made me yawn again. <laughs> I was finding it so much. I was hiding that time, though. That really was not a good hide. Uh, so it's not that it's giving, like, feedback where the pain is. But, like, so you could be, like, from what my understanding was, is the patient can have almost like a button. And as they're going through the motions, it's taking constant images. Like, you're getting kind of like a video of your body uh, during the motion internally, seeing actually what's going on. And as they come, like, as they have pain, they can, like, almost trigger the button from what my, like, I don't know exactly how it works, but, like, they can hit, make a, either, like, that her or, like, they make a a note in a way of, like, during this part of the movement, that's when it hurt. Um, And so then they can go in and look either right before or right after or during. Was there anything, like, for example, are you pinching on a nerve? Uh, Does your space decrease between... You know, your vertebrae, is that putting pressure onto the disc and onto the spinal cord? Like, there's kind of different things that they can look at actually what's happening during the movement versus it just being flat and seeing if they can find something. Does that make sense? So they're taking, like, like the images, but it's not just of, like, you moving. It's similar to, like, an MRI. Yeah, that's my understanding. It's it's. Pretty much like an MRI, but with movement. That's interesting. Yeah, that's the way they explained it to us. And there was a couple of it. And so I don't know if it's exactly like MRIs, if it shows up more like an x-ray. But the concept is you can see internally what's going on during the movement. 
Yeah, I was thinking more of just you moving, and then I'll just kind of take photos of you. Yeah, no. And then you can identify where the pain points are, and then I will go and from there. It could there. be that it could be just rapid photos that all add up into one to make a, like a smooth transition into a video. Like that's really what videos are. But um, but according to this three D movement imaging, so once they get the data that it's supposed to get, it gives you mm-hmm. a program for you to adhere to. And they say that according to they did a little satisfaction patient satisfaction report on whether or not there's a difference between in-person and virtual care. And they said there's really no difference between the two. I think it really depends on the person. Some people like that attention. Some people really like to just do their own thing. Like, hey, this is what hurts. Here's your exercises. Just go do your thing. I'll kind of, you know, pay attention, monitor, make sure you're doing everything right. But some patients do like to just be on their own and they'll take care of it. Well, and I think the thing is, too, is, is also, like, I'd be interested to see who's had physical therapy prior. And, and between, like, yeah, between those people. Between the two, because the thing, too, is, like, if that's what you know is from, that's physical therapy, like, they might not know uh, pretty much what the difference is. Like, they they won't know what to really expect. So, if, like, they're still having good outcomes or okay outcomes or it's kind of working for them, then, you know, that just might be their norm in a way they're okay with how everything went for them but doesn't necessarily mean they feel like it's better than in person because they've never had in person or vice versa you know people who've had you know do inpatient or in person and then go to a virtual online if they've never had virtual online they can't say virtual online is better than in person they don't have anything to compare it to So I'd be just curious on that factor on what's the satisfactory rate because I don't I don't feel like it probably is a accurate photo. Again, that's selective data in a way like of just like, hey, we're just going to put a blanket covered on and, you know, we're going to put this and say it covers everything. But really, we're not going to dive in deeper and narrow it down if this is actually accurate or not. No, I know what you so. mean. You can see. Yeah, so that, but I, you know, it's funny is when I read the article and same thing, it made me laugh that it got brought into virtual care because honestly, I don't feel like 3D imaging wraps too much into the telehealth area. Like, at least in the way I'm thinking of like imaging. Well, like it can, the but way, I don't see how like that wraps in too much. The way I, I feel look like at it was it a stretch. Is that you go, you, you do your little 3D imaging, it'll give mm-hmm. you a report. It'll have exercises, and then you just go home and take care of it. Yeah. So it's more of a telehealth. Hey, how are you doing? How you like? How are your exercises going? Good, cool. You're still in pain. Okay. Kind of talk to them about it. Progress notes comes up. Let's go ahead. Come back into the office. Let's do another imaging report. See if there's progress. If there's a difference between your your initial yeah. visit. So it's kind Maybe. of like a more of a self care kind of that, thing. Like... Versus a working with a therapist every single visit. I bet it sounds like I'm really against like new technology and new this, but it's not really true. I actually really like technology and I think it would be really beneficial. I just, to me, I feel like that's making, like if you have a program generate all the exercises for you. Is this like your concluding thoughts versus like all of this or just that? A little bit, I guess. But like, it's just like for this one particular, like, 
if you have something generate for you what you feel like is best or what's best for the patient based off of their symptoms doesn't necessarily mean it would actually be great for the patient because let's be serious how many times do you have a patient come in and for example say they're low back or no you know this is great yeah low back they're low back but they have a history of knee issues too like they had a total knee replacement that never fully got worked on correctly because sometimes we get that back in the day or they didn't do their therapy like they're supposed to and they have complications of just still pain in it and they're limited by their low back how is this ai system gonna really know to take that into consideration like for example how many times have you been given like you give patients you know squats or sit to stand for like low back to kind of work on that stuff and then they're like, oh, I can't do it because my knee, my knee hurts or vice versa. Yeah. Like it really had like, to take into account all the comorbidities Yeah, and which, what else is going on. But then again, like that can change from day to day that can mm-hmm. like, there's just a lot change. of factors that go into that technology just can't replace. Yeah. That I, I don't think that they can. Or what like, if there's like a change in status? That. Let's say the patient got into another MBA or maybe the patient had a fall. Yeah. Like those are things that, okay. If that happened, is the robot, like, is there a button that you can just sit on the robot, like, hey, change of status, but does your visit get canceled? Now you can't do anything. You have to go see the PT now. Like, it's. Or it's how many times a patient. Not always just says, ideal. I did a little more activity. Like, we had this as an example today. We had a younger one come in. Um, she is mainly for an ankle sprain, but she is a soccer player and she came in and she played in a game uh, for the first time and was super sore from it and like slightly not not painful but just like exhausted you know tired from being back in a first game and came in and was just like can we do lighter stuff today like more focusing on the robot's gonna be like nine from the top yeah like it's like okay like we we do have to make those adjustments or i had a lady come in with a spasm and it was spiking and she had an episode and so like her, my whole entire plan completely changed on what I was going to do. Like I crank back and I know some people have a, a problem with that, but I'm like, if you can't get them to feel good walking out of there, they're not going to want to continue. You need to drop those exercises down, do a light workout. Even if that just means stretching, you know, doing some light movement just to, again, let their body kind of rest a little bit. Um, let it calm down. Stop freaking out over hurting, uh, And then just, I always explain to them like, hey, we're, you know, you're hurting a little bit more because of X, Y, and Z. We're going to back off a little bit today. And so many patients are grateful for that. And the next time they come in and they're feeling better, I'm wrapping it, ramping it back up. Like who, who's clinically deciding that based off of what the patient says? Because I'll tell you, I can watch patients walk in and they're walking real funky and they're like, I'm fine. And I'm like, no, you're not. (laughs) What happened? And then you dig it out of them a little bit more. I don't know. It's just... No, that's like, where yeah, our clinical experience comes in. And those adjustments so. have to be made. Yeah. So that's just my thought of it. Like, I really do like technology. I think there's some great stuff out there. All right. Well, speaking of technology and not of physical therapy it. at all. Um, okay. So Laura and I, what I we do. went at different times. We went to go get Korean barbecue recently. And there's a little mm. robot that walks you to your table. It's creepy. I was going to ask you, what are your thoughts on that technology? It's creepy. 
<laughs> I think it was kind of funny because it had blinkers as you it were like walking down. So like when it was going to turn into like the, the aisle you're going to sit in and like the blinker would turn on. I thought it was hilarious. No, I get the concept. It's kind of cool. To me, I just feel like that's a little bit of laziness. But it's like they had multiple people at the booth. So like, yeah. why can one of them just walk you over? Again, but instead, they invested how much like... into this robot to just take you to your table? I don't I know. I think the it idea, was... honestly, is to get rid of a hostess and then you come in and you plug in like your name or your number, like you do, almost do it ahead of time. And then, like you say, hey, I'm supposed to be at this table. You click your table and it takes you. So eventually they're just going to get rid of the hostess and they're going to have like two I or think three robots just on standby. Yeah. I think that I, that's some of the goal of some of this stuff. Eventually we're going to have like robot rights and robot I'm, laws. Uh, I am robot or iRobot. iRobot status. iRobot status. They're going to take over the whole entire world. I'm telling One you. One Stay day. ahead of the curve. All right, but um, it, concluding thoughts. It was Laura. cute, but it was it was still. I still think it was creepy. I don't like it. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Um, I think That's we it. have a lot of room. Or sorry, I'm going back to my thoughts now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Um, I think we have a lot of room for growth. I don't really necessarily agree exactly with this list of what's to come this year. I don't think all of this is going to happen again. If I mean, you listen to our part one, projections. yeah, if you listen to our part one, number three, which again, you got to listen to part one to know what it is. I already said that was not even new. <laughs> and Maybe that they already tried it's that. <laughs> just more prevalent. I don't even think so. I think it's in different situations. Maybe someone opened but... a clinic that's just based on a whole bunch of tech. That'd be kind of cool. But even then, I don't think it's just taking off. Like, you're not seeing it just... I don't think it's taking off. No, that's what. but that's what this is supposed to be. Like, these are projections that they think are going to happen and take off for this year for physical therapy. So I just think it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, these are all cool things. And we're going to say it's going to take off, but really they're not. Because in the long run, the cost of implementing them, the cost of running some of them, um, the actual benefit of that over something else just might not be it so um in the long run i definitely think we're growing in a field and there's some new technology out there that we can definitely take from and learn from i do not do not agree with ai's treating patients um being helpful hands sure but treating patients no um dictating their 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 treatment plan no um i don't agree with any of that uh i don't think a way you can think you can take away our clinical knowledge and what we learn from actually working the field and put it into an AI. Um, I think that that opens a little bit up to lawsuits and other complications too. So I don't know if that will really take off that, that far. Um, it'll be interesting, but I don't think so. What about yourself? Um, I feel like my clo- concluding statements aren't going to be as well-versed as yours. <laughs> but I mean, well, I verse. Much, that wasn't even verse. That was just me going. I feel it. like that was pretty good. Um, yeah. I feel like you hit a lot of the, like, the main points that even I would have hit. Um, I agree. I don't think you can really replace the clinical judgment and the expert, like the clinical knowledge that PTs have. And maybe some of this technology in the future will be useful and helpful, maybe for 
certain kind of either techniques or just kind of overseeing things. But coming down to the point of it, I don't think they'll be able to really adjust the way that we can. Yeah. And I feel like at the same time, like I feel like having that human interaction is nice. Like be able to talk to somebody and kind of work through it with them instead of just feeling you're talking to a computer the entire time and they'll just take care of it for you. I agree. Like we've seen technologies come like big, like ways of like measuring, like for example, um, just thinking off the bat, like uh, MMTs. Did you ever use the little, I forget what it's called, but it's the electronic one you put on your hand and then it actually like measures the force that the, the patient's pushing. Um, I've seen it with like the hand dynamometer, like you're able to yeah, use it for like go. different body parts. Yeah. Like you would use like, like your tricep or your bicep and it'll actually give you a number reading. To actually, yeah. Um, but I feel like that was one of those technologies everybody's like, oh, this is going to take off. This is going to go far. This is da 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 da. This is going to help standardize everything and just never really did. Because clinics don't want to invest in that kind of stuff too. What Duncan just do? <laughs> He's pulling the blankets off the couch. Oh, mine did that earlier. But, um, so it'll be interesting to see, but that's just kind of like my thoughts. Again, I think growth in technology is definitely, there is a place in our field for it. Um, but again, I don't think it will, t- I don't think it should take over our field. And I think it needs to work nicely with what we actually do. So that's my closing thoughts, I guess, which are very vague in a weird way. <laughs> no, I agree. Well, that'll just wrap it up for this episode. Um, Let us know your thoughts. Tag us on Instagram. Email us. uh, Tweet. Twit at us. All the things. I don't know. I don't know why, but you haven't seen Moana. It's called Twitter. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He has a little bird. Yeah, I've seen it. Sorry, I don't know why that thought made me think of it. (laughs) Um, But anyways, thank you so much for listening, and we shall catch you guys in the next one. I do have an update, actually. What? I know. Are you going to say that after I just did my... Fine, but you're in charge of the closing statements after you have your little update. Yeah, it was just a little say goodbye afterwards. (laughs) But guys, on another news, I found out I got approved for the 10X surgery, so again, follow along. It probably will not be happening for at least about a month plus. Um, main reason is he was going to try to do it next week, actually. But I cannot be barefoot for six weeks, and I'm supposed to go to Hawaii in four. So I like my feet in the sand. So we're going to push it off till after I get back, as long as the insurance will continue to approve. But stay updated on our Instagram. That's probably where I'll keep you guys updated as that process actually starts to go along and get a little bit deeper into it. Um, And we might have some surprises about it, too, if everything goes okay. So until then, we will check you guys out next time. Don't forget to follow everything and listen to part one if you didn't and give us your feedback. So we will talk to you guys later. Take care.
The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.